The House of Representatives canceled its session today after police claimed they identified a possible plot to breach the U.S. Capitol. Apparently, we're supposed to believe seven-foot non-scalable fence, razor wire, and thousands of National Guard troops aren't enough to keep Congress safe from some QAnon wackos. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Okay, why is Congress no longer this week doing its job? What exactly caused Congress to shut its doors today? Oh, that's right. The possibility of another insurrection based on what? Some QAnon discussions online? Is that really what we're supposed to believe? The answer is yes, it seems. Here's a statement from Capitol Hill Police. The United States Capitol Police Department is aware of and prepared for any potential threats toward members of Congress or towards the Capitol complex. We've obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot to breach the Capitol by an identified militia group on March 4th. Well, here we are. It is March 4th, and there has been nothing, nothing going on. And and I want to know, what militia group is it that has so terrified what's supposed to be the most august elected body in the world, the United States Congress, into hiding for the day while they have thousands of soldiers there to protect them and fences and barriers and all the rest of it? really think that they're making a fair-minded threat assessment? Or is this all about the optics? Is this all about the narrative that there is this group of right-wing Trump supporters, QAnon people, who are going to try a second insurrection? Apparently another unarmed effort to overthrow the government by, generally speaking, taking selfies and breaking windows and punching, uh, punching people. I mean, is, that's really what they think the insurrection will be? I, I wonder. Why can't we have some degree of accountability here for the, the way that this is all being framed, the way this is being discussed? Because it's used for the suppression of people that are outside the Democrat-dominant paradigm right now. It's used to justify the crackdown the crackdown on social media, the crackdown by corporations, the crackdowns across all of our society on disfavored ideas, including things like, end the lockdowns, maybe double masking or triple masking is a little excessive. These are things you're not allowed to say anymore because you get lumped in with the QAnon crazies right away. That's what they do. That's what happens. They're doing this purposefully, of course. And by having these troops, by creating this perception of siege in DC, It is a built-in excuse for whatever oppressive measures the Democrats want to take against their political opponents. That's what's happening here. You have the Capitol Hill police requesting a 60-day extension of the guard at the U.S. Capitol. Now, let's all be very clear about this. I I know what they'd say over at CNN. Well, this is the security professionals themselves asking for the extension. You don't think that members of Congress have been saying to them, you guys want to do this. Nice budget you got there. You you might want to request the extension. I'm just, I'm just surmising. I'm just analyzing here, but I think that's quite likely, isn't it? We had Congressman Devin Nunes on the show yesterday. He's on the House Intelligence Committee. Has he seen this threat? Is he worried? Did he seem freaked out to you? No, of course not. You know who you're supposed to believe all in all this? Practiced and veteran, shameless liar, Nancy Pelosi. She's telling you there's a security threat. So listen to Nancy. The 
silliness of this being Inauguration Day and that in May the president will be uh, inaugurated is falls into the realm of uh, let's not waste our time on it. But in terms of that, uh, what we need, we have to have what we need, when we need it, and in the uh, numbers of that we need it. But that's a, a security decision. Did you, I don't even, what is she even babbling about? This is Speaker of the House. I'm just going to put this out there. Maybe people who are clearly missing a step or two don't need to be the most powerful people in the United States government anymore. I'm just, just throwing out an idea. Biden, Pelosi, you see these folks, you say, there are other things in life. Spend time with your family. You know, at some point, it really is time to, you know, watch old movies with the grandkids and feed peanuts to squirrels. Like, we, we, we've reached the point with some of these people who just have their, their fingers gripping onto power. We'll never let it go. Pelosi's perhaps the best example, though Biden is right alongside her. It's a security decision. How is this a security decision? Are, are we really to believe that QAnon or, or militia, they're saying a right-wing militia group, is such a formidable threat that thousands of National Guard, in addition to Capitol Hill police, in addition to Metro police, in addition to the FBI, the DEA, all these different federal agencies that have lots and lots of armed people, including tactical teams, on standby, that, that they're worried about, about the Capitol being overrun under these circumstances? Is there any point at which the exaggeration just becomes too much? It becomes absurd? No, of course, not, not for them. Not for them, not at all. I want you to remember something here. Some political violence in the media's telling of it is elevated. Some political violence is always made to seem like it's an imminent threat. Others is, is pushed aside and, and increasingly either justified or minimized. Doesn't really matter, not a big deal. You have a, a journalist out in Portland named Kyle Ibashi, who has been tracking, remember last summer during the BLM riots, and get ready for more of those, by the way, that's gonna be happening, coming soon to Minneapolis, unfortunately, I think. Uh, journalist Kyle Ibashi tweeted this out. For months, he's been tracking dozens of federal cases stemming from last summer's protests in downtown Portland. So far, 34 of 90 cases have quietly been dismissed in, by the Department of Justice, including both misdemeanor and felony charges. So they're getting rid of felony charges for people who were attacking federal law enforcement officers, but they were Biden voters doing the attacking. So they say, oh, no, no big deal. If you even trespassed on the Capitol grounds during the January 6th riot, you're facing a decade or two in prison right now. They're throwing the book at everybody, not just people that were violent, and they should be severely punished for that, but people that were trespassing or perhaps did some vandalism. That's, that's a bad thing. But it's also bad when you try to burn down a federal courthouse. It's also bad when left-wing Antifa maniacs try to barricade law enforcement officers in a precinct while they're lighting it on fire, as also happened last summer. But you don't hear much about that, do you? No, because those are Biden voters. And they're upset. And when Biden voters are upset, there's always some justification in the media for whatever it is that they do. Whatever they do is not that bad. Whatever, whatever angry Democrats, when they form a mob and they attack innocent people and destroy property, whenever they do it, man, it's a mostly peaceful protest. It's a political movement, don't you see? But when once in a blue moon, I mean, once in, in the, the rarest of circumstances, you have an idiotic, ill-advised on every level riot from a lot of very disappointed people who were easily misled and fooled and obviously not very sophisticated in their thinking about anything, 
storming a building. We have to hear about this always and forever. We have to have D.C. acting like it's an armed camp now. We have to go through this pretending that this is somehow normal. You know what else is going to be normalized very quickly? What's going on in Minneapolis? We can show you here razor wire, fencing, all kinds of stuff going on. They are preparing for the apocalypse in Minneapolis. You know what? You know what's happening? The trial of a police officer, Derek Chauvin, who is on for second degree murder when here's the problem that they're going to have to, that, that the prosecution will have to get around. And I'm, I think that the jury may convict him just because they're terrified for their lives, because that's the kind of society we live in now. Uh, because the left will demand justice to them doesn't mean letting the jury decide. It means the jury better do what the left wants or else there'll be death threats. And, and who knows what. Uh, the autopsy report that shows what happened to George Floyd, that's going to be a very tough thing for the prosecution to be able to get around. Um, but guess what? It doesn't matter what comes out in this trial. If you don't see Chauvin going to prison for a long period of time, there will be riots, there will be innocent people who are hurt, businesses, buildings burned to the ground. And the Democrats will say, this is a justified response at some level because of all the oppression and the history of, of racism in this country. I mean, sure, some of it's bad, but overall, it was a mostly peaceful riot in Minneapolis. Get ready for it. That's what they're going to say. And you and I both know it. Uh, we have more on the supposed threat to our nation's capital with Daily Caller senior, senior congressional correspondent Henry Rogers when we come back. You never thought that COVID-19 could cost you your home, right? Well, it actually can. And here's why. Cybercrime's up about 75%. And when it comes to cybercrime that can affect your home, the most serious by far is home title theft. That's right. Cybercriminals, foreign and domestic, are now after our homes, and it's easier than you'd think. The title documents to our homes are online now. The thief finds your home's title and forges your signature on a quitclaim deed stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until late payment or eviction notices arrive. Insurance doesn't cover you, and neither do common identity theft programs. That's why I protect my home with Home Title Lock. The instant Home Title Lock detects someone tampering with my home's title, they help shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim of this crime and don't even know it yet. Then use code RADIO to receive 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. So our nation's capital continues to be under a state of military occupation, it seems. For what? Still not entirely sure. Law enforcement and intelligence agencies have not been forthcoming about any number of credible threats, and some lawmakers have expressed skepticism as to whether they're even credible. So why such a show of force? Why the fencing, the barbed wire, and most ironically of all, walls, of course. I thought walls didn't work. Turns out they do. What a shock. Almost seems as if Congress is looking for excuses to stay home from work at this point. To discuss all this, I've got my friend Henry Rogers in the mix. He is the senior congressional correspondent for The Daily Caller. My man in D.C., how you doing, Henry? Hey, Buck, I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. appreciate it. I know you're deep diving into this because you're right there, and they're acting like they're preparing for North Korea to invade at any minute. Of course, we're told it's QAnon, militia, right-wing. We don't, we don't even really know. What can you tell us about what we know about the threat? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting, Buck. I'm working on a story, actually, right now that should be up in a little bit for the Daily Caller on this exact same subject. 
Uh, I've spoken with uh, numbers of members of Congress, uh, high-ranking members of Congress, et cetera, uh, who, who literally have zero clue as to why this is going on. I mean, obviously today there was some speculation about uh, you know some QAnon theory floating around about March 4th, et cetera, but there was no real uh, threats or anything that could back it up. I've contacted Capitol Police myself, I think, at least a dozen times in the last 24 hours and received no real answer as to why the House cannot be in session today. Meanwhile, the Senate is in session today. They're doing a full day's work, voting uh, all day today. And uh, they're doing it all from within that fencing that you see, that fencing that Nancy Pelosi and the rest of these uh, you know, Democrats uh, you know, have been pushing for, for, for since, since this January 6th riot. The, the D.C. has been locked down since then. Uh, and this is to their doing. But yet they are the ones who are calling to go home because they're scared of some made up riot. That's not there, Buck. I was literally standing outside of the Capitol 30 minutes ago. I walked around. I had to do a loop because you can't even get near it anymore. There was no one. There was not a threat to be seen. I saw thousands or not, you know, hundreds of National Guard, but I did not see any threat. Wait, uh, this is really important because I don't think this is getting out there enough, Henry. So the House is like, oh, my God, we're under threat. We, we can't do our jobs today. But the Senate, which is also yeah. in Capitol Hill, this is the United States Congress, yeah. they're doing it. So uh, shouldn't, shouldn't members of the House be calling over their Senate friends saying, oh my gosh, you've got to get out of there. There's such a serious threat. Or maybe it's Nancy Pelosi playing politics here with the optics. That's exactly what I've been told by members of Congress. I mean, I was just speaking to Jim Jordan not too long ago, and he was telling me that, you know, he has not been personally briefed on any type of security threat. Uh, leading up to the, today's date, uh, neither has any member of Congress that I have had conversations with. And I just think it's crazy. I mean, Jim Jordan and all these other guys completely you know, called out the leadership of the Democrats saying, why, why in God's name is the Senate able to conduct a full day of business? They'll probably be there throughout the night, have a late night's night and be voting with all these National Guard uh, troops who are outside, who are, you know, where the tax dollars are being paid. Uh, for them to be there to protect our politicians, it's it's insane. It's like Nancy Pelosi called this, and I thought the the reason why these National Guard troops were here were to protect Nancy Pelosi and everybody inside the Capitol. But she, does, I guess, doesn't think that's good enough. So now she's on her way home if she's not home already. The whole thing is just ridiculous and it's bogus. And I think that it's right for Republican members of Congress to be wondering where is this intelligence coming from? This damning intel. That, that says that we're going to be attacked. Uh, in the also, I mean, I think we should be able to ask what the scale of the threat is supposed to be. Because, Henry, it'd be one thing if this were just business as, a business as usual day in D.C. and they got a threat, right? Sometimes they'll shut down an airport because of a sudden bomb threat. Maybe they'll shut down the Capitol right. for something like that, too. We have National Guard all over the Capitol specifically to be there as a show of force. And, I mean, this is just... If, if it's not safe for Congress to do their jobs when there's fencing, barbed wire, and thousands of armed soldiers around the Capitol, what are they doing there? I think that's exactly. a fair question. Exactly. And, I've, and you know, it's, I've asked that question to Capitol Police, like I've said, multiple times. And you would think they would be able to give me some sort of information. I understand, you know, not, not, the, not, the, whole, you know, not the whole cake, but just a slice of information of what is going on. Where, where Did you see this terrible, damning information on the internet? Did you see it in emails? Were you receiving it from members of Congress? Where was this information coming from? Because 
what I just saw on Capitol Hill, where I where I was all day today, was literally nothing besides a armed territory of full of National Guard. I saw no Trump supporters. I saw no protesters, no rioters, no insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them. I did not see anything like that. So it, it just it's mind boggling to me that the Senate can conduct business today and the House cannot. And it's all I mean, it's all political optics. You know? uh, what, what, it's, do you, it's, it's what, what do we make? What can we make of that? They want a, a 60 day extension of this National Guard presence. I mean, I, I know that we're we apparently don't care about government spending at all anymore. Right. We've caught across twenty eight trillion dollars, one point nine trillion dollar right. spending package. But this is going to cost huge amounts of money. I think it's hundreds of millions of dollars when all said and done. They're just going to extend it another 60 days. Do we, do we have any idea why? No, and, that, and that's, that's a great question, Buck. It's one that I will continue to ask because I don't like seeing the city that I grew up in uh, as a militarized zone, looking like the green zone over here. I don't like to see that. I don't think that members of Congress on either side like having to walk by fencing with razor wires and National Guardsmen every day on their way to work. I just don't think they they do enjoy that. What I do think is Democrats like the optics of the entire situation, and they're making this like, oh, everyone, you know, be, be concerned, be on high alert, because Trump supporters are terrible, violent people, and today they're going to attack. I can tell you, Buck, again, I was on the ground just there, haven't seen anything. We'll see what happens tonight, but I haven't heard of anything planned. And again, I don't know how anything could happen with, with miles of fencing and razor wire surrounding the building. Henry Rogers, everybody, go to thedailycaller.com uh, for his latest piece on this. He's on the ground. He's talking to members of Congress, and he smells something funky, and so do I. Thanks so much, Henry. Good to see you. Good seeing you, Buck. Thank you. That's getting crazy in D.C. The White House is weighing in on Texas and Mississippi's decisions to remove their respective uh, rather, to reopen their respective economies. My friend Jesse Kelly, host of I'm Right here on The First TV, joins us next to discuss reaction from the lockdown left. We're living in very uncertain times, and being prepared for the unknown financially, it's more important than ever. Biden administration's coming in, stocks are looking really shaky right now. Who knows what the economy's going to do? I'm sure you've noticed this new world is anything but predictable. The government's passing massive spending bills, Federal Reserve is printing trillions, Many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something reliable right about now. Well, what could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group now and learn how easy it is to get real gold. President Biden going after the governors who have lifted lockdowns and mask mandates saying now is not the time. I hope everybody's realized by now, these masks make a difference. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. It still matters. I know you all know that. I wish the heck some of our elected officials knew it. That's right, Neanderthal thinking. That's what he calls it. Let's bring in our friend Jesse Kelly here. He is the host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly here on the first TV. And he is actually down in Texas, one of the states that has gotten rid of its mandate. Jesse, good to see you. Oh, well, Neanderthal thinking is actually my specialty, Buck, so I'm glad you have me on today. Let's, let's first have Governor Abbott responding, as well as Governor Reeves of Mississippi, who have both said they're removing some of the mask mandates and lockdowns. Here's what they said. 
it, it obviously is not the type of thing that a president should be saying. I feel the same way as I did uh, the day that Hillary Clinton uh, called all of us in middle America deplorables. Struck me as someone who needs to get outside of Washington, D.C. and actually travel uh, yeah. to middle America. Anyway, Jesse, uh, what are you thinking about Texas? I mean, I, I was happy when Abbott initially put out this statement, but then I had a lot of people who were telling me, well, you can be happy about maybe things getting a little bit better, but don't give Abbott too much credit because this guy's a mess. What do you say? Oh, I couldn't, Buck, I couldn't possibly be more grateful to know that my Lord and Master, Mike King, is now allowing me to remove things I don't want to wear. I'm so grateful. I mean, I hope, shoot, I hope that he's going to let me do other things. I'm going to check in first. I mean, as soon as I'm off the show here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to drive home, but I'm going to definitely check in with Governor Abbott and see if he doesn't they want me to do something else first. I just want to make sure I'm allowed. No, I'm not excited, dude. Not excited at all. That jerk never had the authority to tell people to wear masks. None of these governors in the country did. And I don't know when we lost that perspective as Americans. A governor cannot point to a business and say, close, until I tell you you can open. That's illegal. They don't have the authority. You're a free American. You can't tell people they, they have to wear masks. You can make recommendations. You can't tell them that. And don't expect after you're a year too late, you lift some mandate and you expect me to cheer. No, I'm not cheering at all. He sucks. <laughs> well, the Austin mayor, apparently even worse, Jesse, because he's saying even at the state level, if we don't get rid of this, Austin, which as I understand it, is like California plopped in the middle of Texas. You know that better than I do. Here's the mayor Austin says. To take away the mandate now sends a very mixed message. It's going to confuse people. I just hope our community uh, basically ignores the governor uh, and, and focuses on, on masking. Ignores the governor. I saw Abbott uh, since his initial announcement. Now he's saying, but you all should still mask up and do all the things anyway, even though there's not a statewide mandate. I'm sitting here, I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't even high five this guy for like two days, Jesse. No, don't do not ever put your trust in Greg Abbott. Absolutely not. And you know, the great irony of the Austin mayor saying that is I realize most people aren't from Texas and that's fine. But what you do have to understand about Austin, Texas is back in its day, it was one of the most fun cities in the United States of America. It was like bachelor party or bachelorette party paradise and it's restaurant heaven. It is bar, music club, whatever, heaven. It is just basically one big ball of fun. It's nothing but concerts and food and everything else. And so these mandates and things like this, they actually slaughter the very city that that mayor presides over. That's how insane this country is. And, and again, I'll come back to it. Don't expect me to thank any of these politicians for giving me back freedoms they never had the authority to take. They, they are all terrible. I'm so disappointed. But what do we do about the fact that we haven't even gotten the freedoms back, Jesse? There are a lot of states. I mean, I'm here in New York, which has completely lost its mind. I mean, people here, uh, the, the, the fervor with which people have adopted double masking on the whim of, of Fauci and the CDC all of a sudden. They didn't do strenuous new testing. They didn't have a control group. Fauci just realized, yeah, it looks like one mask didn't really cut it because cases are so bad. Let's go with two. And now everyone's going with double masking. I, this, is, this is completely insane. So how do we get people to, to just, how do we get them to stop with the, with the madness? I mean, here, wait, wait, I, actually better. Beto O'Rourke, who is, as we all know, a science and just general genius. Here's what he says is happening oh, yeah. in your state. They literally want to sacrifice the lives of our fellow Texans 
for, I don't know, for, for political gain to satisfy certain powerful interests within the state. And, and this isn't hyperbole. He stopped and left us uh, to our to our own devices. Unconscionable, unacceptable. I like that he uses literally like a sixth grade girl, but beyond that, they literally <laughs> like want to kill everybody. This guy's on national TV. Well, he le- He's an idiot. Well, he, le- he let the cat out of the bag there too. They left us to our own devices. Oh, oh my goodness. That almost sounds like freedom. That almost sounds like you have the freedom to make a choice. That's maybe, that might be the best part of this whole thing, Buck, when you see these people freaking out, is you're free to wear a mask. Nobody said you have to leave your home. No one said you have to go to work. Nobody said you have to rip the mask off your face. Off your face. All we're saying is what should have been said all along. It's your choice if you want to wear a covering on your face. That's all he said. And and to your point earlier about when's it going to end in these states or when's it going to end everywhere? But we've spent a year, a year, and the system has spent a year telling people you're going to die. Your grandma's going to die. Your kids are going to die. You're going to die. Everyone's going to die. Millions of people are going to die. The problem now is if every politician in the country, Joe Biden included, stepped up and said, well, take them off. We're safe. People aren't going to believe it. We just beat it into people for a year. You're going to die. You're going to die. Well, now people think they're going to die because half the country are a bunch of unthinking sheep. I don't know that you can deprogram those people. It feels to me like it's going to take a long time. I know Biden said maybe maybe in a year if we behave. And I, I love this point. I always want to ask them, have, have we done what we were told the last year or not? Because certainly in places like New York and California, we did everything we were told. I mean, as much as you could expect the population to abide by these rules, there was near universal masking. We had restaurants shut down. We had outdoor dining. We had all this stuff. And we got crushed by the virus anyway. And now it's, well, maybe in a year, if you're good boys and girls, we'll actually let you live your lives again. And if you disagree with that, as Beto says, you literally want to sacrifice people this is what we're up against. <laughs> it's the ultimate out for him, too, though, isn't it, Buck? Because Joe Biden runs for office. I will conquer the virus. They didn't have a plan. Just leave it up to me. I have a plan. And now when coronavirus sticks around, which I have news for everybody, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be around forever. It's just one of those things that's going to stick around now. What they're going to do is they're going to point fingers. Well, if you guys had behaved, I would have fixed the virus. You guys didn't behave. Why don't you be a better servant? And these things won't happen anymore. If you could get Joe Biden to resign or Dr. Fauci to resign tomorrow, who would it be? Joe Biden. And I know... I know I'd go Fauci, so that's fine, but go ahead, explain, explain. Look, I detest Kamala Harris as much as the next man. I do. Uh, This is not left or right. This is not, you know, anti-communist or communist. It's none of that stuff. As just an American citizen, I do actually find it embarrassing that the commander-in-chief is not a functional adult. They hide him. He can't do an interview without his wife holding his binky for him and stepping in. They're, they're cutting the power when he's supposed to answer questions. Just as an American, again, not political at all, that is embarrassing that that is the president of the United States. I know Kamala is the Antichrist. Don't fill up by email yelling at me about it. I get it. I at least want a functional adult as president of the United States. Joe Biden embarrasses me. Hiding Biden keeps declining. Not going to change anytime soon either, but it is what it is. Jesse? We're going to keep fighting for freedom. Thanks for being here, man. Good to see you. See you, boss. We learned this week that not even beloved children's author Dr. Seuss is safe from the woke mob. At least one member of the House is now asking for Congress to step in 
Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next to talk about his call for a congressional hearing on cancel culture. Cancel culture continues to divide and tear at the very fabric of our society. Every day someone seems to be losing their job, removed from social media, or another book is taken off the shelves or off of Amazon's website, of course. How much longer can this go on for? I mean, if they're going to take Dr. Seuss down, are they going to have any problem canceling you? So how can conservatives, or anyone for that matter, push back against this insane wokeness? Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio is proposing a new cancel culture hearing on Capitol Hill. The congressman joins us now. Congressman Jordan, good to see you. Good to be with you, Buck. What do you want to accomplish? I mean, let's assume that this cancel culture hearing happens and, and, you, and you get to direct the agenda of it to the degree you can. Yeah. What should this be tackling and what could be done about this? Well, I think we need to step back and just, just ask the sort of fundamental question. I, I actually think this is the biggest threat to freedom we face because, I mean, do you have a functioning First Amendment when only one side's allowed to talk? Do you, in fact, have free speech when the left controls what can be said? I mean, that's that's the world we live in. So I think it's key to call it out every single time we see it because it is so wrong, so antithetical to what America is about, what freedom is about. And frankly, how can you have public policy debates on any other issue if you can if you're not allowed to debate, if you're not allowed to have a free and fair debate? So uh, you, can you fix tax policy, immigration policy, border security policy, uh, energy policy? Can you really have a genuine debate on those things? if only one side is allowed to speak. And so that's what's at stake here. So a hearing where you bring in people who've been canceled, where you can highlight this issue so more and more Americans understand how bad the left is and how they're attacking free speech, I think is important. And then you gotta look at some of the things we can do in the big tech area as well. So clearly you're still in the minority here. You're making the case, you wanna make the case to the American people about how damaging to our overall political culture, just to our day-to-day -day lives in America, this cancellation frenzy is. But assuming you got back into the majority in two years, I know this is, seems like a ways yeah. off, but you and I both know that time moves fast in politics and life. What would you want Congress, if Republicans were in the majority, to do? What can actually yep. be done about cancel culture? Get rid of Section 230. This is where big tech is canceling people. So at, least, at a minimum, you get rid of that, which is the liability protection big tech companies have when they're engaged in moderating and censoring and, and, and handling content. So that is step. This is something Mr. Dershowitz and I and all kinds of other folks have agreed with. Uh, you, that, that's, that's step one. You may have to look at breaking up these big tech companies. But I think the more important thing is just we need to just go back to the First Amendment when it comes to just speech. I mean, in the in the past couple of weeks, they've canceled the host of Bachelor. They've canceled the star Mandalorian. They've canceled. They tried to cancel Kermit the Frog. They tried to cancel Mr. Potato Head. They're trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. Who's next? And I think that's a fair question. Who is next? And I said this on the House floor back during the impeachment debate. I said to the Democrats, don't think the cancel culture won't come for you as well. Right now it's focused on conservatives primarily, but they'll come for the left also because the cancel culture's appetite is never satisfied. And it took Buck all of 13 days before the San Francisco school board said the Dianne Feinstein Elementary School will no longer be named after Senator Feinstein. A liberal, a Democrat, longtime senator, they're gonna change the name because she said something 37 years ago that they don't like, that the woke mob doesn't like. So that's how insidious and wrong this is, and it has to stop. So the legislation, if we get in control, will be get rid of Section 230, amend and repeal and fix that, uh, and then look at the look at the antitrust law as well. But to call it out and, and just stand up and defend the First Amendment like we're supposed to do on the Judiciary Committee, for goodness sake. 
How would that process work? You mentioned antitrust law and effectively treating big tech as a monopoly, which I, I believe it is. I think it, it operates as a monopoly. That's my opinion. I know there are others on the right who share that. How would that process go forward? What would, the, what would it mean if we move, if the government moved forward, if Congress moved forward to break up big tech? Well, Congress really can't. Congress can change laws. The Justice Department right, has DOJ, to enforce but what does the DOJ do? And, and how does Congress well, right play now, a role? D right, now, right now, DOJ has an action at, uh, at Google, uh, looking at Google in this area. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm all for using existing antitrust law if that's appropriate, but we may need to change the law as well. And that's what Congress can do. I think we have to get into that debate. We're still taking information, gathering information, doing what Congress does, collecting information and looking at the issue. But I am 100 percent for dealing with the liability protection, taking away that liability protection that these big tech companies have. That's Section 230. I am all for that. Most Republicans are. I would say maybe all Republicans are. So that at a minimum is what we should do as soon as we possibly can. Now, we know the COVID relief bill has passed uh, Democrats in the House. It's already it's already gone on to the next the next level, so to speak. I'm wondering why has it been delayed so long? Whatever happened to those two thousand dollar checks that so many people were promised? a few months ago, never mind the fact that early payments for people during COVID stopped, I think it was back in August. What's taken so long, Congressman? Well, it's Democrat politics. I mean, the Democrats controlled uh, the, the House. Nancy Pelosi could have passed something last fall, but she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to work with President Trump or then the, the, the Republican-controlled Senate. Uh, right now, if the bill is passed the House, it's a $2 trillion, almost $2 trillion spending bill. 91% of it doesn't even go for any COVID-related spending or fixes or, 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 or uh, money for that. So um, we'll see what happens in the Senate. There's, they're using this reconciliation process. That typically takes a little time. But uh, we'll see how it shakes out in the Senate, what the final package looks like. It's bad. I think the best stimulus package, Buck, is to go back to work, go back to school, and go back to normal. And more and more states are starting to do that. You saw it yesterday with Mississippi and Texas. It's been that way under Governor DeSantis' leadership in, in Florida and Governor Noem's leadership in South Dakota. We need more states to say, look, all the numbers are coming down. Let's get back to normal. Let's let Americans have freedom, for goodness sake and get our, uh, get our economy and get our country back to where it needs to be. How's your home state of Ohio doing in this process? They haven't gotten a lot of attention recently in the national media. Uh, our economy is doing pretty well. I mean, I, I've disagreed with our governor on some of the things he's done with curfews and, and other lockdown measures starting to open up more, hasn't been as bad as states run by like Democrat governors like, like in Michigan or Newsom in California or Cuomo in New York. But uh, it's time for Ohio to do the same. I, I talked about this today. Let's, let's, let's embrace freedom like they have in Texas and Mississippi and Florida and South Dakota. One more thing that's not getting as much attention as I think a lot of us believe it should is HR1, House Resolution 1, and what it would do with respect to voting laws, especially given what yeah. we saw in 2020 and some of those changes. Can you just give folks a sense of what's at stake if HR1 were to become law, specifically the voting provisions of it? Well, it would, it would codify all the, the, those changes that were made in those key swing states that were done in an unconstitutional fashion, like in Pennsylvania, where they went around the legislature, partisan secretary of state and partisan Supreme Courts. It would actually take those changes and make them national, make them apply to everywhere else. In addition to, you know, 16-year-olds voting, felons voting, that kind of thing. And of course, to kind of add, add insult to injury, it would say, and oh, by the way, you taxpayers are gonna finance campaigns. So just, you know, such a deal for the taxpayer, the very people who spent a $1.9 trillion on a COVID relief bill, where 91% of it doesn't go for COVID relief, those same people are now asking you to pay for them to get reelected. So I don't, 
I mean, my guess is the voter, the voters I get a chance to represent in West Central and North Central Ohio probably don't want their tax dollars being used to reelect Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. I mean, there's probably a handful of them in the district who probably don't even uh, want their tax dollars used to reelect me. So that that is that one of the craziest things in the legislation. Uh, it's bad. It's a radical change to election law, uh, and and hopefully it's going to get stopped in the Senate, which I which I think will be the case. Congressman Jim Jordan, always good to see you, sir. Thank you for the time. You bet. Thank you. We'll be right back with more. Stick around. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to start it all on your own? I felt exactly that way until about a year ago. You see, I've always loved the idea of real estate investment, but I didn't know how to get started in real estate while fulfilling all my obligations. I'm doing hours and hours of original content for media every day. How is I ever going to take those first critical steps and make the right ones in real estate investment? Well, then I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all of the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me, and now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. From what city to pick, to what house, to how to get the management company set up, to even getting the loan. All that stuff and more. Done For You. Go to doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. doneforyoubuck.com. President Biden has a lid called in real time and Dr. Seuss gets banned from eBay. Those stories coming up on tonight's Quick Hits. Let's start with uh, Biden hiding, but you can't hide the declining. You know what I'm saying? You can see it all happening. It's not good, folks. We tried to, we tried to warn America, tried to say this guy is not up for it. Yeah, I know sometimes he seems pretty crisp and clear, but other times he doesn't. And that's the way cognitive decline tends to happen, right? We've seen this with people. It's very sad, actually. But anything for power, Democrats don't care. Plus, they got Kamala waiting in the wings, ready to take over. So no big deal for them. And here's what happens when you put a guy who's not up to the job in the job. Play it. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. No questions. They're, they're, they, I want to see them take like a big, you know, the big hook or the cane or whatever they used to pull people off stage with. Got to get Joe off the stage before he starts going rogue, answering questions as leader of the free world, the commander in chief. That's what we see happening. Yeah. He's your president, folks. This guy won this election. Pretty amazing that this is where we are. At some point, mark my words, we're going to come back. And this is a prediction that I think we'll have to be sharing as a segment later on in time. At some point in the next four years, there will be a day at which we see something and the whole country goes, oh my God, this guy really is actually in, in a serious state of, of cognitive decline. And from there, uh, we will have to see about the discussion of Kamala's ascension to the presidency. It's, it's going to happen, but there'll be one day where they go, oh, who could have seen this coming? I didn't know that Joe Biden was going to start, you know, muttering in his milk. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Unfortunately, it's sad, but they're putting the country through this and they shouldn't be doing this. eBay. I haven't been on eBay in a little while. I know it's the biggest online auction marketplace out there, um, but there are some books on eBay that you're not going to be able to get anymore. Uh, the offensive, the offensive Dr. Seuss books. We had to remove your listing because it didn't follow our offensive material policy. 
Now, this comes after some of you may have already seen these Dr. Seuss books, the ones that are banned. Not all of them are banned. I think you can still get green eggs and ham. I think there, there you go. Uh, you know, scrambled eggs, super, if I ran the zoo, the cat's quizzer. I, I, I don't even, I didn't read these ones, so I actually want to check all these ones out. Um, but now you can't, even though there was a huge spike in price because the market was trying to speak. But no, as we see places that pretend to be forms for free speech, online auction sites, they're actually just now political entities that also conduct business. But whether it's Facebook or eBay, they're woke. And if you're unwoke, you're in trouble. That's where we are. I think uh, $500, uh, there was a 500%, not even more than that, I think uh, something like that, 500% spike, maybe 5,000% spike in the cost of some of those books because everyone was trying to gobble them up online as collector's items. That's real. Uh, something else that's real. We talk about the crisis at the southern border and you got Joe Biden as the obvious Different. What's the X factor and why the border would be in crisis right now? Oh, that's right. Joe Biden is now the president of the United States. You've got Democrats calling the shots. And if you were wondering if the migrants who now in large numbers are flooding across the U.S.-Mexico border, illegally crossing into the country, and then not showing up for their asylum hearings, then illegally staying in the country, knowing that if the Democrats get their way, of course, they're going to get asylum. If you're wondering if they think about good old blue-collar Joe and all this, you need not wonder anymore. You got migrants showing up wearing Biden, please let us in t-shirts at the border. Yeah, Biden t-shirts. Illegal immigrants show up at our southern border with Biden t-shirts. I also would be wondering, where do they get these? I mean, those are, look like all brand new t-shirts that have just been printed recently. You know, who's, who's funding this? Do you remember when during the Trump administration, any talk of NGOs being involved in this pipeline of illegal immigration in the country was considered a conspiracy theory? Where did that sign come from? Where, where do these t-shirts come from? Someone's funding this. These are supposed to be illegal immigrants. I thought they were fleeing violence and, you know, barely have a, a penny to their names when they arrive at the border. That's at least the storyline that we hear. But they've got all this gear, all these uh, placards. Almost like they understand American politics and know that now's the time to get here. You gotta give them credit at least. They, they are paying attention and they're probably right, folks. They're probably right. They will be able to stay. Um, and then there's The Bachelor's Chris Harrison. I, I have been, I feel like I've been forced once or twice in my life to watch The Bachelor. I do not understand the appeal of this show. As a guy, I do. You got a guy with 20 women all vying for his attention, all professing their love to him, and he gets to pick. By the way, not real life. And uh, apparently, if you're Chris Harrison, you're not woke enough if you say something about how you think it was unfair that someone else got canceled for something now, if you share your opinion about over cancellation, you too can and shall be canceled. And so then Chris Harrison had to apologize to the black community. That's what happens next. Here's what he says. I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake and I own that. I am saddened and shocked at how insensitive I was. I didn't speak from my heart. And that is to say, I stand against all forms of racism, and I am deeply sorry. I'm sorry to Rachel Lindsay, and I'm sorry to the black community. I mean, he, as far as I understand, and I'm not that up on the Bachelor story, the, the guy, he didn't say anything racist. He didn't do anything racist. He said somebody else who went to an antebellum party being fired or being kicked out of, of, of the Bachelor, whatever it was, 
that that seemed like a little extreme to him or that was cancel culture, something along those lines, if I remember the story correctly. And uh, for that, he's gone and has to do the groveling apology tour and all the rest of it. Groveling apology tour tends not to work out for, for the woke folks, but um, that's, what they, that's what they do. That's how it goes. One more thing. Uh, if you watch this show or if you listen to me on radio, and you can always download the Buck Sexton podcast anytime and listen to that too. Uh, if you listen to me, you know that I am not a fan of Fauci. In fact, I often say that I would like to go tell him to go Fauci himself. And uh, here he is talking about how it is Trump who missed an opportunity to convince people that vaccinations are good. I want to dive into this. Former President Trump is very, very popular among his constituencies, who, who numbers in the tens of millions of people. That would have been an extraordinarily good opportunity to get a signal to the people who would clearly have listened to him the way they listened to him in many other ways. He has a great deal of influence. It was just unfortunately a, a lost opportunity because he could have gotten a lot of people who are hesitant about getting vaccinated, vaccinated. I'm sorry he didn't do that. Oh yeah, blame him for vaccine hesitancy. Uh, does Fauci, has he ever, ever said that it was reckless, utterly reckless for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris last summer to say, I mean, I don't know if you can trust a vaccine under President Trump. They were saying it over and over again. This Fauci's a little fraud and a tyrant. And the big, honestly, the worst public official in, in American life. Worse than, worse than Comey. Worse than Sancta Comey, which is really saying something. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Mr. Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high, everybody.